Waiting for the air to clear, an air quality advisory in effect for parts of the lower mainland. This was a dangerous situation. And how a pleasure boat tour up Indian Arm ended up stuck on a sandbar. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening. Thank you very much for joining us. We start with some breaking news, first of all, tonight about a res rescue operation on the North Shore's Crown Mountain. <laughs> Members of North Shore Rescue were called out this afternoon after two men in their 20s suffering from heat exhaustion called in for help. They said they couldn't make it out on their own and they had to be airlifted to safety. Two subjects uh, went up to Crown Mountain, and uh, in this weather, it's 29, 30 degrees, it's pretty warm. Uh, obviously didn't carry enough water or uh, supplies with them. Got to the top of Crown Mountain, and then uh, one of the guys in particular started cramping up, um, nauseous, um, and it's, it's quite a precipitous uh, mountain up there, and you've got to come down quite a steep slope to get off the mountain, and they just didn't feel comfortable uh, even challenging that. They really should not have been there in the first place. In this weather, they obviously exceeded, well exceeded their ability uh, and didn't carry enough supplies with them. And uh, so even if you're pretty fit, this weather really saps the energy out of you. Two shocking attacks in Vancouver's Kitsilano neighborhood this morning. A man was rushed to hospital after being stabbed multiple times on West 13th Avenue. A short time later, police say the attacker, who was armed with a knife, ended up near West 4th, where a dog was randomly stabbed. Julia Foy has the exclusive details and a warning. The following story does include some graphic video. Thank you so much to everybody. Um, I really, really appreciate this. Rose Steinmeier is still shaking after a terrifying attack early Sunday morning when a knife-wielding man covered in blood began stabbing her 10-year-old golden retriever, Copper. I turned back in time to see him knock my dog over, straddle him, and begin stabbing. Fearing she could be next, Rose began screaming. A worker at the coffee shop across the street at Ewan 4th Avenue came to the rescue. Uh, ran over and struck the gentleman in the head with a travel mug or a, a thermos, knocked him off my dog. Police swarmed the scene and used a beanbag gun to subdue the suspect. He was bleeding from the chest and was taken to hospital. Copper was rushed to a veterinarian hospital with three stab wounds. This disturbing ordeal actually began a few blocks away, just after 7 a.m. A man who spoke on the condition he not be identified was awakened when a young neighbor came to his door begging for help. Well, he got a uh, slash in his arm and I think his, uh, he was bleeding from the neck quite a lot. And he was saying uh, he, his shoulder was dislocated. Uh, and also he was, um, I think his uh, uh, windpipe might have been punctured. The man believes the victim and the attacker knew each other and had been roommates for the past year. We've never had any trouble or any problems in the neighborhood with them. They're very, they're very nice and polite, friendly people. Resident Betty Lung is saddened by the attack. It's a shame and hopefully the person recovers and, and wish him, the person all the best. And Both men and Copper the dog are expected to recover from their wounds. Rose is thankful she wasn't injured in the assault. Uh, my concern was he was going to get up off Copper and I would be next, but, you know, um, thanks to other people. You know, humanity at its best. Julia Foy, Global News.
A traffic nightmare for drivers on the Coquihalla Highway near Merritt this afternoon after a truck caught fire. Video sent in by a global viewer shows a truck towing a horse trailer on fire near the Coquihalla Summit. Police say the driver was able to get out and free the four horses inside before the truck and trailer became fully engulfed. Luckily, no one was hurt. Northbound lanes were closed for a short period. Drive BC says it has taken some time to clear up the backlog of traffic. Friends and family of a Fraser Valley murder victim are speaking out tonight after finding out the man convicted of killing their loved one, her 33-year-old mother, is being moved to a lower security prison. It's an institution that is closer to the victim's family. Kristen Robinson reports. Residents in Mission rallying to keep a convicted killer out of their neighborhood. He's got more rights than we do. And, and it's just not right. Three years ago, Walter Ramsey was charged with first-degree murder, attempted murder, and arson after a mission-area trailer home was set on fire. Inside, his 33-year-old ex-girlfriend and her two young children. The woman allegedly tied up, the kid's hands bound with zap straps. The girl and boy managed to escape, but their mother did not survive. It's really hard on them. I mean, like, they've been going to counselling since since it happened. A year later, 43-year-old Ramsey pleaded guilty to second-degree murder and two counts of attempted murder, sentenced to life in prison with no chance of parole for 20 years. Now the victim's family says he's been moved out of maximum security to a medium security prison near them. It's ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. It's a total slap in the face. Friends of the murder victim, whom we are not identifying as a publication ban protects her children's identities, say the family was not notified of the move. I think it is disrespectful. I think it is insulting, insensitive. It shows a lack of compassion. It shows a lack of common sense or empathy. I want him moved out of mission. This grandmother now raising her slain daughter's children vowing to fight to keep them safe. I want to do everything I can to protect them, you know, and, and I feel like I'm failing them in, in allowing this to happen. Kristen Robinson, Global News. BC health officials have issued an urgent warning for parents of young children from China. They're being urged to check their child's immunization records in case they received a recalled vaccine. Now, the BC Centre for Disease Control says two batches of vaccines for diphtheria, tetanus and whooping cough failed testing and were eventually recalled last October. Now, there's no health concern if kids have had those vaccines, but there may be a need to be vaccinated again. So parents with children under the age of two that were born between March and October of 2017 and who lived in the Shandong and Hebei provinces, as well as the city of Ch uh, Chongqing, should contact their local health authorities. An air quality warning has been issued for parts of Metro Vancouver and the Fraser Valley. Now, this has been put in place because of the extreme heat and smoke from wildfires as well as the bog fire in Richmond. Tanya Beja reports. Lacing up the skates isn't usually how people in Metro Vancouver celebrate summer. I'm really sweaty right now, so <laughs> I want to get out there and uh, enjoy myself in the cool. I was going to rollerblade, but this made more sense. 
Hitting the ice, one of the best ways to beat the heat this weekend, as rising temperatures and high concentrations of smog prompted an air quality advisory for eastern parts of Metro Vancouver and the Fraser Valley. So there's not a lot of air movement or net air movement out of the region over the last three or four days. And so during that time, uh, the ground level concentrations can grow. Hazy skies, the product of a bog fire in Richmond that could take another week to extinguish. Several fires burning out of control in Siberia and Alaska are also partially to blame. It's a lot of smoke being produced in that part of the world and it just follows the weather patterns across the North Pacific and down into BC and so it's blanketing most of BC right now. Poor air quality can lead to coughing, wheezing or shortness of breath. Infants and seniors are among the most vulnerable. I just stay in the house and I have a fan there. And but I'm like out, bang, do what I need to do and get my little tush back home. <laughs> seniors care advocates encourage those at risk to breathe easy at community centers, malls or cooling stations. They also encourage neighbors to check in. Take a moment um, either on your block or if you know of a senior and you've got their phone number, give them a call and talk to them, ask them how they're feeling, and if you can actually go and pay them a visit, that's important too. In the meantime, avoid intense outdoor activity in the afternoon when smog is at its worst. The air quality is not expected to improve until Wednesday. Tanya Beja, Global News. Let's get you the latest now on the Richmond bog fire. Crews now believe they'll be fighting that fire well into, the next, uh, into next weekend. The fire is now thought to be about 12 hectares in size. Now, the challenge with this is being able to get water into the centre of the fire. Crews are trying to extend water mains now for support. Shell Road is still closed until further notice. Investigators will be on site tomorrow uh, to start looking into the cause of that fire. Much better news about the wildfire in Kelowna. The evacuation alert for 933 properties in the Wilden area has now been lifted. The Yates Road fire is now under control. Fire officials say the area is now safe for the public. This fire was started by two boys that were playing with a lighter. Resources had to be pulled away from other wildfires so that they, they could tackle this one. Even though the evacuation alerts have now been rescinded, it is still, still very hot and dry in the central Okanagan. Residents and visitors are being asked to stay vigilant. The fire hazard there still high to extreme. To the north Okanagan now, where there were some scary moments for the owner of a campsite after a wildfire was sparked near his business. I could see um, big clouds of smoke coming up in the air. Went down, notified all the campers and told them just to be, be on guard. If anything happens, wind changes, you might have to evacuate. Unfortunately, it didn't come to that as a threat, had a threat has now passed. The Range Road blaze north of Highway 97 on Okanagan Indian Bandland is less than a hectare in size. It was first noticed on Saturday and is now in the mop-up stage. Provincial officials are investigating the cause, but local residents have their own suspicions. Well, I don't know what caused it. It's just, um, there's, it seemed like there were squatters and... Uh, there's a, they had a little camp just up the road here. They had a fire pit right underneath the pine tree and it seems to be like a um, very bad, bad thing to do. 
Isaac feels lucky this fire was put out quickly, but believes the outcome could have been far worse in more windy conditions. He is urging anyone thinking of flousing the current campfire ban in the Okanagan to consider the impact a wildfire could have on other people and wildlife. An abandoned house in Vancouver collapsed today after it caught fire. The fire broke out just after five o'clock this morning in a house on Southwest Marine Drive. This is near 57th Avenue. The fire is considered suspicious. An investigator was called out to determine an exact cause. The fire prompting the closure of Southwest Marine Drive. It's a big property with uh, access issues. Uh, the backyard uh, leads into a ravine, so we're unable to access to the back of the house. Uh, and crews did a good job containing the fires on the exposure sides of the, the neighboring houses. Welcome back. Well, the Center of Gravity Music Festival in Kelowna wraps up tonight after welcoming 24,000 people over three days. But as Global Okanagan's Jules Knox now reports, health officials are warning festival goers to stay safe after the tragic death of a 17-year-old girl from Kamloops. The music is pounding and the beach is bopping as the Center of Gravity Festival takes over Kelowna City Park. Honestly, I had the best, best time the of the whole year. Stuff. Wild, absolutely insane. But the festivities dampened by the death of a 17-year-old girl from Kamloops. I was devastated, that was, that was horrible. I mean, she was so young. The teen rushed to hospital Friday night where she later died. Somebody lost their life, so it's really sad. It's not known why the girl died. The coroner is still investigating. But with many more music festivals still left in the summer, Interior Health is warning partiers that if they are going to do drugs, to take a small sample before the usual dosage and to carry a naloxone kit. BC paramedics responded to 130 suspected overdoses on Friday alone the highest number in a single day since April 2017. Festival organizers declined an interview, but said they are cooperating with local authorities as they investigate the team's death. When asked about drug testing on Friday... No, no, we don't do drug testing. And that's something some festival goers say organizers should revisit. I think it's something they definitely could consider um, for the future events. I think to regulate that wouldn't be a bad idea, especially with fentanyl out there. Interior Health is also reminding festival goers to take breaks in the shade and drink plenty of water as a heat wave sweeps through the Okanagan. Jules Knox, Global News, Kelowna. A bridge worker is sharing video tonight of a tour boat operator having trouble navigating his vessel near the second Narrows Bridge. Keep going, buddy. Oh, God. <laughs> Hundreds. Oh, look, he's trying to ram his way through. He's what? trying to ram through. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> Just back out of there. Get out. Uh, Guy Miller shot this footage on Friday afternoon as he worked on the train bridge near the Ironworkers Memorial Bridge. Now, the Pacific Ferries boat appearing to run up on the rocks in shallow water under the train bridge. Its operator struggling to free that stuck vessel before eventually turning around on the other side of the bridge. Look, he's not going through the right way again. Oh, my God. Oh my God. My concern was for the passengers. He got stuck on the rocks. 
he backed up his boat and drove it forward again. And he did this repeatedly many times. And then he tried to pull out once he decided, okay, well, I can't ram my boat through anymore. So I'm going to pull out. And then as he was pulling out and grinding his prop, he hit the other shoreline, spun the boat around, and then hit right beside the, the train bridge and uh, repeatedly hit the rocks again, pulled his boat back, and then went the proper way. This was not a safe tour. I hope that uh, some change can happen as a result of this. There has been comments uh, from Pacific Ferries. They say their captain messed up by not accounting for the sandbar and low tide. The company says 16 passengers were on board for an Indian armed tour. The operator wanted to apparently show them the shipyards and some seals, but ended up on the wrong side of the train bridge. Uh, there was no damage to the vessel. The crowd taking in last night's celebration of light show was generally well behaved. It's estimated 400,000 people packed the beaches in Vancouver to watch a team from South Africa light up the night sky. Uh, yeah, Vancouver police said uh, there were only a few minor incidents and most people were able to enjoy the show without any major problems. We had about over 100 pour-outs of alcohol, which is fairly standard for an event of this size. Uh, as far as smoking goes, it appears that everyone was, they seemed to be policing each other. By the time uh, I spotted a couple of people up on the beach, as before I got them, their neighbor kind of nudged them, they put it out and everybody was happy. Sweden is up next on Wednesday night. Uh, South Korea wrapping up uh, the whole event next Saturday night. So all of that will be live, of course, here on BC One. And um, Yvonne, you were there last night for us and it looked amazing. Did you stick around for the fireworks? I did, and yeah. I hadn't been down there actually in a very long time, so it was nice. I was yeah. one of the many 400,000 people that were <laughs> I thought down I saw there. you. Yeah, just if you one. look really closely in the bottom right corner, you <laughs> just can see. One. Just trying to get out with the hordes of people and walking home. But it was actually really nice. It was beautiful. Um, yeah. They put on a great show, so it'll be exciting to see what uh, what's in store for Wednesday and Saturday. <laughs> if you're out and about today and even approaching this evening, uh, temperatures remain very hot. We've got a heat warning that is in effect across Metro Vancouver and pushing into the southern interior. Temperatures today are currently sitting in Kamloops at 37 degrees with Kelowna at 35. Now, temperatures in the interior could still reach anywhere between 35 and up to 40 degrees. I'll come back with how long it will last, and we'll talk about the air quality advisor that's also in effect across much of the province. Welcome back. Well, one week after the Toronto shootings, one of the victims was remembered today. A visitation was held for Reese Fallon. The 18-year-old was out for ice cream with friends when she was shot. Global's Erica Vella reports. It's kind, very generous, respectful. Words to remember Reese Fallon on the day of her visitation. For Matthew Smith, this new reality, hard to comprehend. We spoke like two or three days before the incident happened. And the fact that she's not here now, the fact that I can't talk to her now, it's just, it's, 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 it's devastating. So he came to the funeral home to honor her legacy, joined by family, friends, and even members of the public. I didn't know Reese at all, but this something like this pulls people together okay. and inside the somber you know it was so sad reese fallon was killed in last sunday's danforth shooting she had just graduated from high school and had plans on attending mcmaster university's nursing program I come because i'm a mom myself and i felt really sad about what happened last week 
because my son goes down to that same Dimitri the restaurant. Ten-year-old Juliana Kozis was also killed and 13 others injured in the attack. I gave my condolences to her parents and just looked at her photos and yeah, it's pretty sad. Some felt the need to attend because of the popularity of the location. The Danforth being a place where anyone could have been that night. Some of my friends that go to university with me, they live like nearby, like right near Pape Station. So it's like, it could, it could have been me, it could be them. The visitation brought out members of the Toronto Police Service and mounted units, as well as Mayor John Tory, all showing support for the family. I just wish God gives them the strength to cope during this unspeakable sad time. Now the visitation will be happening till about 8 p.m. tonight and the funeral is set to happen tomorrow morning at 10.30. I'll send it back to you. Dozens of people are out of their home after a South Edmonton apartment building caught fire. Flames could be seen shooting from the roof of the four-story walk-up. The first call coming in just before 2 in the morning reporting a building on fire with heavy smoke and flames in Blue Quill. I went outside and I could see the back two top uh, apartments burning so I ran back in the apartment and uh, the firemen told me that I had to leave. Firefighters arriving within minutes and calling for more support shortly after that. Dozens of residents were evacuated from the Monticello apartments as about 50 firefighters battled the blaze. One of the big challenges was darkness. Uh, of course arriving to an area in the dark and determining where the best places to locate your fire trucks for optimal use is, is a challenge. I'm just thankful to God that, you know, we're all all right. Martin Johnson and his wife and son have experienced this before. They moved in about a year ago after leaving a building downtown that also caught fire. Let's try start over again. I am not sad, I'm not mad. I'm just happy that my family is alive and the neighbors are alive. Crews got the fire under control by about 5.30 in the morning. One person was taken to hospital. Investigators continue to look into how and where the fire started. The room of origin is still under investigation. Uh, we don't have an exact uh, cause of the fire or the exact location where it started. While damage estimates aren't yet available, some residents like Johnson have made their own assessments. I can tell pretty much it is damaged completely because the fire spread real fast. Albert Delatala, Global News. In Northern California, a sixth person has now died as a wildfire still raging has destroyed more than 500 buildings. More than 35,000 people are still out of their homes and the fire is only 5% contained. At the front of the relentless car fire, firefighters doing all they can to contain the blaze. Trying to get the heavy fuels down away from the line. So we'll have less chance of embers crossing the line. For nearly a week now, thousands of crews from across California have been locked in a fierce battle to gain ground. Tonight, the flames keep spreading. This is what firefighters are facing right now. Incredibly hot temperatures, steep terrain, and this heavy wind. Cal Fire Division Chief Chris Anthony says the conditions are unbelievable. Extreme is not even the right adjective to use anymore. It's just an understatement because fire is so explosive now in California. Crews now forced to take a defensive posture, bulldozing lines and lighting backfires, praying for the smoke to clear so they can continue an aerial attack. And they're working around the clock, in some cases with rotations up to 36 hours. 
The biggest concern is the safety of our firefighters and the safety of the public. Meanwhile, fear of an increasing death toll. Six dead, hundreds of homes reduced to piles of rubble, stretching several blocks. One minute it's fine, the next minute everybody's screaming. Saturday, a family's worst fears realized. 70-year-old Melody Bledsoe and her great-grandchildren James and Emily, missing since Thursday, were found dead. Wow. And with seven people still missing, the battle against this out-of-control fire rages on. Steve Patterson, NBC News, Redding, California. A moose on the loose spotted in a busy part of Calgary had to be sedated and then moved. Fish and wildlife officers were called to the downtown core where they found a moose just metres from a popular bike path. Now, officers believe that the young bull moose is the same moose that's been spotted in another neighbourhood over the past few weeks. Officials said that while moose pose little risk to the public in natural green space. The confines of the rural area could force the animal to act defensively if it's cornered. Welcome back. Now the inaugural Tour de Transplant bike events kicked off this morning in North Vancouver. My name is Alison McIsa and and I will tell you what it feels like to be like a to be like a heart recipient. The Kidney Foundation and the Transplant Research Foundation of BC both teamed up together to host this fundraising event. Uh, the aim of this is to create a lot of awareness about organ donation. Now, riders started pedalling around 8 this morning. This is at the Lower Seymour Conservation Reserve. A lot of the cyclists that are taking part are actually transplant donors or recipients themselves. The goal of this tour, which is not competitive, is to give hope to more than 600 people in BC that are still waiting for a life-saving transplant. You know, we do know that so many people in Canada, 90%, more than 90% of people in Canada and in BC, believe in organ donation. But the reality is only about 20% of them are actually registered to be organ donors. So one of our big goals is to raise awareness about organ donation and the importance of donation. On the ride today, you'll see people who are recipients, people who are donors, people who are supporters. And we just want to make sure that people know that, you know, you can live a great life after transplant, whether you're a recipient or a donor. Well done to everybody who took part in that. And it was really, really hot. So, uh, Yvonne, probably a little challenging with the heat today as well. Yes, and just a reminder for anyone who's planning on being outdoors and if you're doing any activity, uh, be careful because we still have that air quality advisory that is in effect and the temperature is a big weather story. It continues to be very hot leading into the beginning of next week and I'll have those temperatures in just a moment. Hazy conditions on our tower cam shot. Temperatures sitting at 25 degrees. We've got a southwesterly wind at 13 kilometers per hour. High today from most areas closer to uh, 27 degrees. That's if you're by the water. Factor in the Humidex, though, felt over 30 degrees. And areas inland today were into the low 30s, will remain well above the average for this time of the year of 22. And a record of 34 degrees was set back in 2009. Here's a glance at a few of the highs across the south coast today. It was inland, hot, near Port Alberni, up to 38 degrees along the Sunshine Coast at 30. And Whistler today climbing up to 36 degrees with Abbott 
Abbotsford at 34. Interior sections for Kamloops at 37. Areas near Lillooet, the Fraser Canyon. We will continue to see that heat pushing 40 degrees over the next two days and potentially in towards your Wednesday. Most areas across the southern half of the province calm this evening, but still seeing local smoke and smoky skies. The active weather is across the northeastern corners of the province. Fort Nelson, Williston, um, Williston Muncho Lake Park, as well as the Peace. We've got a severe thunderstorm watch that is in effect. We've got lightning strikes and a cell that's still pushing its way in. We could see heavy downpours, the potential for hail, large hail, and also we're tracking that lightning throughout the evening hours with windy conditions. Air quality advisory is really blanketing the province, so a reminder for those who have respiratory issues and the heat warning that is in effect also stretching across the province, inland sections, the northeastern corners, and the interior sections as well. We'll see those numbers jumping between 35 and up to 40 degrees. This will take us in towards our Tuesday for most areas. Still hot on Wednesday and then back to more comfortable temperatures will be on our Thursday and leading in towards our Friday. Southern interior wanted to show you the temperature trend. So Monday, Tuesday, still very hot. Upper 30s, most areas still pushing closer to 40 degrees. And then we're into the upper 20s as we approach our Thursday, Friday. For the piece, still unsettled this evening and once again for tomorrow with the risk of thunderstorms. Gusty winds up to 50 kilometers per hour and then Tuesday, Wednesday, we're looking at a mix of sun and cloud. White Horse also seeing the risk of a thunderstorm. Plenty of sunshine Tuesday, Wednesday and above your average for this time of the year at 20. Coastal sections will see some fog for the morning hours, dissipating, breaks for the afternoon. 18 along the coast, but inland sections will be into the low 30s. Caribou and Central Interior up to 30 degrees, a slight chance to see an isolated thunderstorm. Most areas for the Columbia and Kootenai region, the heat is on, peaking on Monday, Tuesday, but still hot on your Wednesday. And similar for the Thompson Okanagan, with most areas pushing into the mid and upper 30s. Whistler seeing that range between 35, but Pemberton could get up to 39 degrees. If you're by the water, it'll be a touch cooler for the island, but inland sections, another hot one tomorrow. Anywhere between 36 and up to 38 degrees. Long-range forecast, so very hot. Monday, Tuesday, still for a Wednesday. A reprieve will be on our Thursday, Friday. Temperatures will be back into the low 20s. Sonia? All right. I'm still enjoying it. I Me am. too. All right. A unique concert is taking place in downtown Los Angeles this weekend. Um, it's encouraging busy concert goers to take a snooze during the show. With an urban backdrop, the hustle and bustle of modernity is taking a backseat to melodies. For college students Mia Stone Malloy and Layla Berger. You don't really get many concerts like this that's really, it's really about just listening to the music and the environment is like one of the most important aspects of the performance. They're at Grand Park in downtown LA for the Music Center's presentation of Max Richter's Sleep. The eight-hour concert is being performed outdoors for the first time this weekend. The composer is not expecting a standing ovation. In fact, the ultimate compliment is for everyone to doze off. I mean, the piece is a lullaby, really. Um, it's a place to rest. And especially in the city, you know, very busy. We, uh, we need a place to rest. Concert goers are enjoying the show on cots instead of seats. The arrangement is a combination of electronic music with classical music with long, drawn-out notes. I mean, I think it's about... Um, sort of rebalancing for me you know we're very much 24 7 always on you know we're on our screens we're very media saturated and I wanted to make an opportunity to just kind of disconnect from that for a while. 
Richter says he's fascinated by sleep, which is supposed to take place eight hours a day or a third of our lives. I definitely have had a lot of trouble in the past, and one of those problems was I did kind of have to like keep my phone away and keep all distractions away. All right, uh, your sports fix, of course, right mm -hmm. now with uh, Barry. This guy, I'm really impressed with this guy now. Well, I like his nickname, Lot. Fonzie. The Fonzie? Yeah. He's pretty he's cool. <laughs> calling him Fonzie? Yeah, well, he doesn't do thumbs up or anything. It's like he Fonz, doesn't do the that. Fonz is like you know, 30, jacket. 30 years before he was born was the Fonz, but this is the <laughs> Fonz 2.0. <laughs> Thanks so much. Uh, I know we've talked about Alfonso Davies pretty much every day for the past two weeks as he navigated his way through that record-breaking transfer deal with Bayern Munich. But the kid just refuses to leave the spotlight. Last night, he played his first game with the Whitecaps since the deal was announced. He knew all eyes would be on him, and he delivered like he never has before, scoring two of the most spectacular goals of his career. It seems that Bayern Munich deal has given him the confidence to just play freely. Gibson will break. Laudell trying to win it back, and maybe that little bit of pressure opened things up for Davies. Great move by Davies, well, this would be something else. Oh, With all the big news um, going on, you know, and then coming back to Vancouver, yeah, I wanted to be special and the team, and I think we went out there and we did our best. I, every time I step on the field, I just want to have fun. And I just don't want all that distraction in my head while I'm playing the sport that I love. We know he's a wonderful talent. We know he's got ability. He's got potential. Uh, but when he keeps playing like that, that's not potential, that's reality. Uh, and I know that, but I said to him before the game, I decided to play him. I wanted two little bits of freshness with Anthony, who done very well as well, set up the, I think, the second or third goal for us by winning the ball back high up the field. Um, but to play simple, I think the first 20 minutes was as bad as I've seen him play because I think the emotions of the week or two weeks that he's had is, just takes its toll on young players, but that's why I kept him on and I'm glad I did because he got the fourth goal. Here's Alfonso Davies. Oh, great move by Davies to put it away! I think um, I'm, you know, playing the league for a couple of years now. I think uh, this time is, is different because I think have a little bit more confident, you know, on the ball and off the ball. Um, every time I step on the field, I try to do my best for the team. You know, try to every time I get the ball, I want to be positive. Well, with that win yesterday, the Whitecaps have moved up to seventh in the West. Seattle Sounders trying to make a late charge to get in the playoffs. Hosted New York City FC today, 36th minute. Christian Roldan will give the Sounders the one 0 lead in front of another large crowd at CenturyLink. Early second half. Gustav Svensson, he's Swedish, if you're wondering, with an absolute thumper from distance. What a strike. 2-0 Sounders. Seattle starting to find their form. 3-1 the final. They're now just three points back of the seventh-place Whitecaps. Dustin Johnson is from South Carolina, but he's pretty much Canadian now. He's engaged to Paulina Gretzky and has two children with her. When your father-in-law is Wayne Gretzky, you're Canadian. And DJ says he has felt that support this week at the Canadian Open in Toronto. Johnson, cool as ever, began the fourth round in a four-way tie, but quickly broke away from the pack. 18th hole, he will stuff his approach to six feet. Here it comes. Great action on that shot, and then he will uh, step up and make the birdie to take the outright lead, and he never really gave it back. 
Seven Canadians made the weekend cut, including SFU's Chris Chris Ologo, closed out with a birdie here on 18, a 69 today, nine under for the tournament, tied for 45th, the only amateur to make the cut. Other BC players, Abbotsford's Nick Taylor struggled 77 today to finish 71st. Merritt's Roger Sloan had a good day, placed 37th at 10 under. Mackenzie Hughes was the top Canadian in the tournament. He never has a boring round. Lots of birdies and bogeys as well, it seems, but more birdies today for Hughes, who's a real shot maker, can get on a real roll. Made birdie here at the fourth, thanks to that excellent tee shot. And he will tap it in. He was uh, into the top five at 14 under through seven holes, but stalled from there. Although he did make this nice birdie on the 17th, Hughes finished tied for eighth. So a nice payday for him as he tries to get inside the top 125 money list to retain his card. Back to Dustin Johnson at the eighth. And he will roll in yet another birdie. His third of the day gets him to 20 under. His lead now up to three shots and uh, always looks very stress-free. DJ never really challenged today. He drove at miles. 370-yard drive on the par 5 18th. Left him, uh, left him a pitching wedge in, which he did to 11 feet. He did miss that eagle putt, but taps in for the birdie. 23 under par, a three-shot win. Canadian champion this year, third victory of the season, and the 19th of his career. Final round of the Senior British Open from the old course at St. Andrews in Scotland. Third round leader Miguel Angel Jimenez of Spain. Nice approach here at 12. Spins it to about three feet. Made the birdie. Had a two-shot lead at that point. Calgary's Stephen Ames was in the hunt. Rolls in the birdie here at 15. Got it to minus 10 and he would end up tied for third. But a good run for Ames. Two shots behind the winner. And that winner was... The Spaniard, Jimenez, clutch par save here on 17 as he wins the Senior Open Championship by a stroke over the defending champion, Bernhard Langer. Tom Watson was 21st. Welcome back. Baseball fans in these parts are getting excited. The Blue Jays' annual visit to Seattle is coming up. It's always a great time. It's a four-game a four game series this time at Safeco starting Thursday. This year, it's the Blue Jays who will try to play spoiler. They are well out of the playoff race, while Seattle holds a slim two-game lead over Oakland in the wild card. The Mariners won 8-5 in Anaheim today. Jays finished a series in Chicago versus the White Sox. Cuban rookie Lourdes Gurriel Jr. just keeps going. This is his 11th straight multi-hit game with an RBI single in the eighth. That tied the great Tony Perez for the longest streak in the majors in the last 50 years. Rogers Hornsby holds the all-time record of 13 straight multi-hit games back in 1923. Now the Jays were down 3-2 in the ninth but had a big rally. Teoscar Hernandez with a solo blast to left tied it at three and then Brandon Drury, the player the Jays got from the Yankees in the Jay Happ deal, comes up with a two-run double just beats the tag at second, so the Jays lead 5-3. And then Gurriel gets another at-bat and gets his third hit of the day to bring in another run. But then a disastrous play at second. Gurriel trying to avoid the tag, gets his cleat caught in the dirt. He sprained his ankle, bruised his knee. He did get up and walk off the field, but he's going to be sore. X-rays were negative. The Jays say they don't think it's serious, but he will have an MRI tomorrow. Jays won it by the final of 7-4. to four. 
and final stage of the Tour de France and a chance for leader Garrett Thomas to really soak in the moment. Beautiful ride into Paris under the Champs-Élysées, doing a lap around the Arc de Triomphe. Spectacular setting. After three hard weeks, the final stage is just a leisurely ride, except they do try at the end, and Norwegian Alexander Kristoff wins the sprint for the final stage victory. But here comes Garrett Thomas of Wales after years of riding in support of teammate Chris Froome and getting the Englishman four titles. It's Thomas's turn to get the glory. They cross the line together. Froome was third this year. It's the first time ever a Welshman has won the Tour de France. Maybe Tom Jones will sing a song. <laughs> Yeah, well, I don't know where he is right now. Yeah. All right, thank you very right. much for that, Barry. Uh, we are just getting some breaking news right now. A woman has died after falling near the Rubble Creek area. This is at Garibaldi Lakes outside Squamish. Uh, sources telling us a couple in their mid-30s fell about 500 metres. The man was rescued, but the woman wasn't. Now, we will have more on this coming up tonight on BC One and on Global News at 11. Back after a short break. All right, if you love cats, Meow Fest was the place to be today. The first annual Meow Fest held at Vancouver's Roundhouse Community Centre. This was billed as a one-stop shop for cat lovers. The event featuring shopping, learning, even had a pet cats and kittens. Proceeds from the event helping uh, the BC SPCSA and other non-profit cat organisations. Now, one of the big stars, though, of this event was Ben Ben, who was once dubbed the world's saddest cat. He was rescued by his humans, Adam and Sandy, and he was known as the saddest cat on the internet because he was actually supposed to get euthanized and they went into the shelter and found him and he lives one of the best, happiest lives now and he today had a meet and greet. <laughs> I love that cat. But he's always thinking what could have happened to him, probably. You probably just can't forget, but he's, he's kind <laughs> yeah. of adorable. I, I yeah, that facial expression just doesn't change, does it, <laughs> at all? Um, Weather-wise today, it's been a really, really hot one. And Yvonne, final word from you on uh, yeah. the next few days. Final look at your five-day forecast. Uh, continuing to see the heat. Most areas across the south coast Monday, Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, it'll slightly start to cool off. But for the interior sections, it's going to still be very hot and be prepared towards Wednesday. We've got the air quality advisory that is in effect and the heat heat warning so areas into the interior could be pushing uh, closer to 40 degrees or just over so uh, be prepared and then a bit of a break towards right the okay yeah and don't moan about the weather because you know in a few weeks it's going to be raining and horrible out there again so yeah. yeah just enjoy it all right thank you very much for watching good night good night good night